0: This is 680-CJOB. I'm Brett McGarry. This week on the Couch Potatoes, the network television season has reached the end of the line. I'm Jeff Braun. We'll take a look back at what worked and what didn't. There's also a Game of Thrones theme for this week's home video releases. We'll tell you what that connection is. But first, it's the news from the Couch
1: to America?
0: America's not so bad. Is
1: that what you care about? No, I care about everything. Not the motherland. I do, but our family comes first. There would be no future for any of us. They would kill us all. Undercover agents supposedly hiding all over the US. Super secret identities. No one has any idea who they are. I missed you. You and I were never really married. No. Super secret spies living next door. They look like us. They speak better English than we do. Think they're all about lies and conspiracy like everybody else? We take those risks every day, Philip. That's what we do. Big news this week about one of my favorite shows, The Americans. It's an FX show starring Kerry Russell and Matthew Rhys as a typical American couple who are secretly Russian spies. It's a phenomenal show, the best on TV right now, for my money. And it has just been renewed for two more seasons. But wait, there's more. martha has gone. What? Gone? This is the boyfriend. Not boyfriend.
0: They married her. She's seen your face see if the KGB's got her this is a big
1: city she could be anywhere and i'll find her go widen the grid another two miles you may have no
0: choice i want it to stop i want it to end
1: and it will end while it has been renewed for two more seasons they will be the final two seasons of the americans season four is airing right now and the decision has been made to end the show after season six Frankly that's great news for one thing six seasons of a heavily serialized show is plenty any longer and it would probably start getting silly. And for another thing since it is such a heavily serialized show they have a two year heads up on writing towards a proper ending. Shows getting to end on their own terms is a luxury in Hollywood and it couldn't have happened to a better show. Do you think that you could ask them to tell more about what they do?
0: People are getting hurt we have a responsibility
1: to get them out It's not over If we move fast we might be okay What do you have? Come on, I'm, not. I'm
0: so sorry, mom.
1: His name is Brian Finch. He's not in our system, he's basically a nobody. A pill will make him a genius. The cognitive enhancements were like nothing you've ever seen. Brian has the potential to be more effective than every agent in this division. Let's make it our resource. The FBI will make him... I'll be his liaison. ...their smartest weapon. This isn't a suicide. What are we doing here, Brian? We're gonna figure out who really did it. Limitless, new drama, CBS This Fall
0: more like cancelled drama turns out there is a limit for that cbs show limitless because it has been officially cancelled this week limitless is based on the movie of the same name from 2011. it's about a guy named brian who finds himself with a super drug called NZT which unlocks the full power of your brain. It makes him super, super, super smart. So naturally, for television, they made him an FBI sidekick and turned the show into a crime procedural. The show also had the occasional appearance by the star of the original movie, Bradley Cooper reprising the role that he played in that. He's now a senator and he's still using the drug. Can you remember what it's like to be inside your mother's womb? ever thought about why people have to age is it inevitable you're on the verge of having a life that most people can't even begin to imagine i skeptically watched the show and actually ended up really enjoying it it was consistently far more entertaining than typical network crime fair it was imaginative inventive and just a lot of fun led by the charismatic lead jake McDorman. It also had decent ratings, it averaged 9.7 million viewers for the season, but I guess that's not good enough for CBS, who last week announced they were going to shop the show around, meaning it was done on CBS, but not dead. Turns out they can't find a new distributor, so it is dead. It doesn't look like there's a fast way out here. What if suddenly you knew how much strength you had in your hands? I mean exactly how much. What if you could remember every documentary you ever saw, every trig class? Could you do the math? Could you figure out exactly where that train is going to stop? I don't know where the train will stop, but I know where it stops for you, Limitless.
1: You wonder ever... You're a bad man. world needs bad men. We keep the other bad men from the door. The world may need bad men, but it does not need bad shows. To that end, it does not look like HBO's True Detective will be coming back. Someone once told me that all your love, your hate, it was all the same thing. It was all a dream. Like a lot of dreams. There's monster at the end of it. When True Detective premiered in 2014, no one knew what to expect, and it blew us all away. Brilliant performances from Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson highlighted an engrossing, mesmerizing police story that went back and forth through time. It was the talk of the TV landscape that winter, with people thinking we had the next great series on our hands, like The Wire or Breaking Bad. Then Season 2 happened. I welcome judgement. Season 2 was widely panned by audiences and critics. HBO says they had to rush it into production because they had not planned to do it in the first place, that the show was meant as a one-off miniseries. And it should have been. The first season, again, amazing, wrapped up nicely with a real ending for the story and characters. McConaughey and Harrelson did not come back for season two, instead a whole new story with all new characters was created. And as talented as Vince Vaughn, Colin Farrell and Rachel McAdams may be, they just didn't grab us like McConaughey and Harrelson. Now the man behind the show, Nick Pizzolatto, is moving on to something else, and HBO is encouraging him to do just that. But hey, we'll always have that amazing first season. Just what is it you think we found? Something deep
0: and dark, detectives. Something deep and dark. More news from the couch next. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes.
1: Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. Continuing now with our news from the couch and an update on a show I'm looking forward to. MGM presents Westworld. Yes, but not MGM's Westworld from 1973, HBO's upcoming miniseries, Westworld. Do you know where you are? I'm in a dream. That's right, Dolores. You want to wake up from this dream? Yes, I'm terrified. Then answer my question correctly. Have you ever questioned the nature? It's a new take on Michael Crichton's cult classic about a theme park that goes horribly wrong but not Jurassic Park. Your attention please. We will soon be landing at Westworld, the ultimate resort. We have you on grid five over. It consists of three worlds of the past. Locking in now. Worlds where you can live out your every fantasy. There's Roman World, Notify ground crews, Medieval World, and West World, lawless violence on the American frontier of the 1880s. Each resort is maintained by reliable computer technology and peopled by lifelike robot men and women. Reliable computer technology? What could possibly go wrong? Actually, that was the tagline and used by The Simpsons in their parody of Westworld when they went to Itchy and Scratchy Land. We're now approaching our final destination, Itchy and Scratchy Land. The amusement park of the future where nothing can possibly go wrong. Uh, Possibly go wrong. (laughs) That's the first thing that's ever gone wrong. But things went wrong with the HBO series. Writing problems led to production delays, which led to the show being pushed back. It was originally supposed to air last year. But then we heard it won't happen until next year. This week, HBO announced it will air this year in the fall, so that's good. Westworld stars Anthony Hopkins, Tandy Newton, and James Marsden. Westworld, the ultimate resort. Boy, do we have a vacation for you. For you. For you. For you.
0: We knew right away that Morgan was very special. What is Morgan? It's a new movie from producer Ridley Scott, and its first creepy teaser trailer arrived this week. Within a month, walking and talking. Within six, self-sustaining. She exceeds our wildest expectations. Morgan is some sort of synthetic life form, and things go badly. She's like a child. Morgan is a child. She had
1: a tantrum.
0: Morgan's behavior was very unfortunate.
1: She's learning and she has the right to make mistakes. She isn't it and it has no rights. Oh, you're wrong about that. You'll see.
0: The cast is led by Kate Mara, who plays a corporate troubleshooter who is sent in to investigate the bad thing that happens with Morgan. Morgan! Despite the current
1: setbacks,
0: the results of our investment are quite remarkable.
1: Stop! You have to stop.
0: Also in the cast, Toby Jones, Michelle Yao, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Paul Giamatti. It looks neat, but it's opening on what is typically one of the worst, if not the worst, box office weekend of the year, Labor Day weekend.
1: Hello, Morgan. Nice to meet you.
0: We'll see now how happy we can be. Remember Blade? The vampire movie starring Wesley Snipes adapted from Marvel comics? Well Snipes wants to do more of them. The first one arrived in 1998. There are worse things out tonight than vampires. Like what? Like me.
1: Half human. Blade's mother was attacked by a vampire while she was pregnant. Half immortal. You got the best of both worlds. All our strengths. None of our weaknesses. He is their greatest fear and our only hope. So and season all vampires.
0: He vows to hunt them all down, and he does so in style, wearing a slick leather jacket, slicing and dicing with a snazzy sword, and kicking butt with his martial arts skills. That first movie co-starred Steven Dorff and Chris Kristofferson, and it did well enough in theatres, but where it gained its really big following was on video, because DVD was just becoming a big thing at the time, so Blade kind of blew up on home video. So they made a sequel in 2002.
1: Now, those he has sworn to kill need his help to fight a new breed of terror.
0: They're no longer top of the food chain.
1: Our forces are ready to fight, but we need a leader. Let me get this right. You want me to hunt them? For you? Ooh, so
0: exciting. Ron Perlman co starred in that, along with Norman Reedus, a.k.a. Daryl from The Walking Dead. And it was directed by Guillermo del Toro. And then they made another one in 2004 Blade Trinity vampires were searching for the final solution the original vampire
1: they found him he was born perfect perfect. this guy has never had to evolve it's the end game played time for Bayback. get ready to roll with this that
0: was ryan reynolds by the way the movie also co-starred jessica beale and dominic purcell who plays lincoln in prison break and mick in DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Unfortunately, the franchise was put on the shelf because Snipes went to jail for being a bad boy with his taxes. There was a TV show on Spike TV, which wasn't too bad, but it would be neat to see more movies. Snipes tweeted, quote, when it comes to another blade, there's always a possibility. Hashtag sharpening my fangs. He added another tweet saying, quote, up to Marvel. Why
1: can't you just be nice? Because the world isn't nice.
0: On this note, I would add that it's not the first time he's done something like this. Last year at San Diego Comic-Con, he talked about it. He continued to talk about it in the fall. Now he's talking about it again, and I hope he keeps talking about it until it happens, because while he is older now, he's still in great shape, and as he showed in the short-lived NBC drama The Player this past fall, he's still got the moves for some convincing on-screen butt-kickery as the daywalker.
1: Blade. There's nothing stopping them now. It's me.
0: Now I have a sudden urge to go buy all the Blade movies on Blu-ray. That is the news from the couch. Up next, we'll tell you what is coming to Blu-ray and DVD. This is The Couch Potatoes. I'll be me, or die.
1: Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett taking a look at what's coming home on Blu-ray and DVD next Tuesday, and that's Gods of Egypt, Brett. Terrible reviews. Uh, And it stars your friend Buttles, Gerard Butler, and also (laughs) Nikolai Coaster waldo Is that how you say his name? I'm sure. Yeah, whatever. He plays Jamie Lannister on Game of Thrones, and... His best friend on Game of Thrones is Lena Headey, a.k.a. Cersei Lannister. And her movie, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, comes out Tuesday as well. And on the note, should also point out that
0: the father of Jamie Lannister and Cersei Lannister... Tywin Lannister is in that movie as well, Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. The actor's name is Charles Dance. As
1: well as the movie Race. That's the one about the Olympic runner from the 30s, Jesse Owens. All
0: right, up next, we're going to talk about the television season, which has come to an end, at least on the networks. We'll dive into all of that next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. And the television season... For all intents and purposes, at least on the networks, has come to an end. But, I mean, I guess the television season never really comes to an end.
1: No, there's always something happening or going on. Like, while well, we're saying it's coming to an end, there's still half a season of Game of Thrones to go. There's a few more weeks of the Americans left, and those are among our favorite shows. Yeah,
0: but in terms of the the big networks in the U.S., you know, their, their main season runs from September to May. Last week of May sweeps just wrapped up this week, so that's why we've been talking about season finales in recent weeks. So... I'm just wondering in terms of television for you, Jeff, uh, for the last, I don't know if we need, one, need to go back to fall 2015, but 2015, 2016, what's yeah. worked for you?
1: Um, well, I think you would agree. The best surprise we saw, that we had all year was that OJ show. Yes. By far. Definitely. <laughs> like no one... It was like I remember when we heard about it and saw the promo, like, that's ridiculous. That's going to be a terrible show. And it was just, it blew everybody away. It was so much, it was so exciting. Uh, it was that thing where, like, when it really happened, uh, f- like, a lot of people watch it. And it sort of brought the OJ trial back to life for so many people. So that was good. Uh, my other, I like Downton, Downton Abbey wrapped, had its series finale just a couple months ago um, here anyways, and just before Christmas overseas. So I think that was sort of the highlight of the TV season for me, just cause it, it's one of my favorite shows of recent years and it went out on such a great note. So I, I really dug the Downton Abbey and then some of the, the other ones that we've been watching for a few years that I just loved, uh, new girl in Brooklyn nine, nine and the Goldbergs are my favorite sitcoms. They had great years. Elementary is still always fun. I'm trying to remember exactly if I've, to judge it against previous seasons, I'd say it was somewhere in the middle. It was wasn't its best season, but by no means its worst.
0: I still have ten episodes left. Elementary. Oh, really? If, yeah, Elementary. If you don't know, is the uh, CBS Sherlock Holmes show. It's one of the
1: many shows I have piled up. <laughs> uh, well, that's what. You, now that it's over, you can like the pile won't get any bigger for a little while. You got a few weeks here, Brett, to dig yeah, into
0: it. There really isn't a whole lot of stuff. Wayward Pines is back. I guess I should watch that because I said because uh, I like. I'm a glutton for punishment. (laughs) Um, it, It is interesting because even though we're using the end of the network television season as sort of the the springboard for this discussion here, when I look at just right off the top of my head, all of the shows that I liked the most, none of them are from the networks. No, Game of Thrones so far this year, is just killing it. Season 5 was tremendous. Season 6 so far is just blowing me away every single week. Yeah,
1: I'm loving it. I loved the ending last week, but other than that, I... I don't know. It's just I'm having trouble getting into it for some reason. Really? Yeah. Oh
0: man! Well, I'm I'm really really into it this year. Better Call Saul, tremendous second season, amazing. Uh, there's another show on. It's a Showtime series in the U.S. It runs on the Movie Network here. Penny Dreadful. Uh, I believe it's just aired its third episode it's excellent this year it's moving it was always good but it feels like it's getting better uh there's a show on space which i really liked called the expanse but a a sci-fi show where it's not where humans have colonized mars and they've colonized further into space sort of near uh between mars and jupiter which is really cool uh there's a show called colony which starred uh sawyer from lost right and Sarah from The Walking, was her name Sarah on The Walking Dead? I can't remember. Lori, I think, of The Walking Dead, uh, and that was a show about an alien invasion, maybe. So all these shows that I that I like, People versus O.J. Simpson, they're not. None of them are on the main networks. <laughs> That's not to say that I don't like shows on the main yeah. networks. I still have all of my comedies banked for the summer, which has become a tradition apparently, where I stop watching comedies halfway through the season. Really, I have thirteen episodes of Brooklyn Nine
1: Nine. I think eighteen episodes of Modern Family. You can skip those because I'm this close to writing off Modern Family. Like when I watch it, it seems like no one comes off natural on that show. To me it just looks like people delivering lines that have obviously been written as set up punchline jokes and they're often overwritten. They have to lay a lot of pipe to sort of twist out some mangled some punchline out of it and it just I, I, I was, oh, it's starting to drive me nuts. So I, honestly, they should just hang it up. They've been around long enough. Well, I mean, how many seasons? And you know what? Like, like, uh, I don't, I, you know, I feel <laughs> my, my conscience doesn't really want me to say bad things about kid actors, but <laughs> some of the actors on that show who were, you know, funny when they were eight years old and they're now in their mid teens are not nearly as funny. Really? Yeah. am talking about and Luke. Haven't learned. They need acting lessons,
0: okay? Uh, yeah, and it's been on for seven seasons, so that I mean that's fair. Most yeah. shows uh, do tend to go on for too long. I'm really surprised that Modern Family has been able to stretch it out as long as it has with that particular concept. Uh, one of the things that I didn't like, and it, there's nothing, um, no shows per se that that I found were super disappointing, but one of the trends that I am not liking, and maybe you've noticed this, and this. It's not just in network television. It's not necessarily just on cable shows. I I feel like there is too much world building happening in storytelling, where mm-hmm. what they're doing is instead of focusing on the story at hand, they're they're planting seeds for future stories. A, a perfect example for me for this year would be Daredevil on Netflix, where they spent so much time uh there th- with un- leaving unanswered questions, kind of like Lost did, I suppose. Right. But with Lost, it was cool because we we'd never really seen anything like that. Yeah. But with television now, I don't like how they're they're wasting so much time telling you a story that's yet to come, and at the, at the expense of the story at hand. Yeah, I could see what you mean. I didn't. Uh, I I don't. It's. I feel like this is a growing trend where. They're, they're ignoring the current story. They're trying to get you to go, well, what's that all about? And it becomes so distracting that you're not paying attention to the current story. And then the current story ends up unsatisfying. And it's even starting to creep into some of my favorite shows like Supernatural in its season finale. Supernatural always ends with a cliffhanger. For, right. Every season ends yeah. with some sort of a cliffhanger. And
1: that's fine. That's what season finales are supposed to do to some degree. Yeah. Depending on the show.
0: But what they did this year was different where they, they introduced a new character early in the show, so you knew who is that? What yeah. is this all about? So they spent, they went out of their way to spend time focusing on season 12 before season 11 had resolved itself. <laughs> that really bothered me. Yeah. I don't like this kind of storytelling, at least to this extent. I don't mind if you want to throw out the occasional Easter egg to make you think, oh, well, that that's kind of neat. I wonder what that is. Fine, but don't ruin the current story. So that was I think my big, the big trend in television that I didn't like for this the, year the
1: superhero shows tend tend to do that but i guess it's sort of well it's a franchise thing right because they just want to grow so much and like those cw shows the dc shows arrow and flash they did a lot of that the last couple of years to boost this legends of tomorrow show that is now on and uh between those three and Supergirl, um i i just i don't i'm This close to just dropping all of them because (laughs) like Arrow was just simply bad this year. It was boring. It got worse throughout the season. I didn't give two hoots about Oliver and Felicity's relationship, for example. And it's just enough. You go dizzy trying to figure out who's a friend of the superhero team and who isn't it changes week to week with some characters and every time it changes it loses some of its power because it's just the boy who cried wolf thing yep and uh, you know the flashbacks on that show are just a burden they really dragging it down which is a lesson the world should have learned from season three of lost lost learned the lesson and did something about it i don't know supergirl couldn't keep me interested legends of tomorrow i love the performances and the actors on that show the story was kind of shaky and and uh, the same, it had the problem that Flash also had with all the, tri- the time travel stuff. I like time travel stuff, but there's just so much of it, and it was so messy and confusing a lot of the time. It probably also doesn't hold up if you look at it t- too closely, which I've been trying not to do. So, yeah, I'm I'm thinking about just scrapping all those shows because they're a source of more anxiety than pleasure for me at this point.
0: Well, and it is interesting in terms you mentioned the time travel stuff. With uh, the, there was a lot of it in the Flash to the point where it became so confusing, and I think maybe that was part of the part of the planning. Well, just throw so much fake science (laughs) at them that they won't even try. The audience won't even try to understand. Yeah. But now it's getting to the point where it's so confusing that they almost need to hit the reset button, which uh, has been done in the comic books before. They did this in the Flash comics, where I think they. They did too much time travel stuff and they they basically told this big, huge storyline that allowed them to kind of blow it all up. Oh, nice. And what they're doing in December is there's going to be apparently a big, huge crossover with Supergirl, The Flash, uh, The Arrow, and The Legends of Tomorrow. Maybe that's what it's going to be. Some mm. sort of uh, way that they can hit the reset button on Flash, which I feel like was a huge disappointment in season two. And you're right, Arrow, I sort of watch out of loyalty more yeah. than anything else. And
1: I almost never have Arrow on and just sit there and watch it like it's on, but I'm cleaning my house and playing with my phone and doing a hundred other things besides actually focusing on Arrow. All right, we're going to pause
0: for a moment and come back and talk about an interesting trend for next year or the next season, I suppose, it's because it's later this year. Hey, doesn't matter. <laughs> You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are the Couch Potatoes. Talking about television, it's the end of the network season this past week. So now we sort of go into summer programming where they... I guess it's a whole bunch of reality shows like America's Got Talent and So You Think You Can Dance or whatever.
1: And Mr. Robot in a couple of months.
0: Oh, yes. That's right. Mr. Robot is airing on Showcase in Canada. It airs on USA in the U.S. And last year, it was a summer show in the States. We didn't get it until the fall. Now it's going to air at the same time as the Americans get it. So that is tremendous news because it was one of the best shows of 2015 easily. But one of the trends that I am really scratching my head about, and this certainly isn't a new idea, where they're like re- they've been doing reboots and movies for well over a decade now. Right. Uh, but on television, I just off the top of my head, f- coming this fall season on network TV, we have *Lethal Weapon*, *The Exorcist*, *Training Day*. Uh, There's 24 Legacy, which is a rehash of a TV show that they already did. Uh, They're also bringing back Prison Break. We saw earlier uh, that Fox did an X-Files sort of reboot. Um, The CW is doing a show called Frequency. Do you remember that movie? With Quaid? Quaid? Yeah, with Jim Caviezel and Dennis Quaid. Yeah, where Jim Caviezel plays the son who talks to his father, Dennis Quaid, through time <laughs> through or the old radio, through their old ham radio. <laughs> yeah, which it sounds like a ridiculous concept. Actually, a great how is that movie. a TV show though? They're oh. making it a TV show. Right. I don't know. Uh, it, it's just such an odd thing to turn into a television show. <laughs> I really so do. Was
1: Fargo, and it worked wonderfully. So you never know. That's. That's true. Uh, I really need to watch that show.
0: Oh, and NBC, I think. I think it's NBC. They're doing a show on Taken. Starring Leo Neeson? No, and no. it's a guy named Clive and He's actually in Vikings. He plays Rollo in Vikings, which is a tremendous show. And they're in their mid season break for season four. And CBS already tried Rush Hour this year and it failed. So I, it's canceled. I don't know. I'm not. I did admit last week, I think, that Lethal Weapon looks kind of good. Surprisingly good. I think The Exorcist looks bad. Haven't seen the uh, trailers for Training Day. 24 Legacy, I'm just bothered that they're doing 24 without Jack Bauer as a yeah. character, but I'll probably give it a shot because it's still a ex- super exciting show and I really like the real-time action sort of gimmick they bring to it. Of course, I'll watch
1: Prison Break. I was a huge fan of that. So I don't know. I mean, it's uh, clearly it's just a like they're just trying to cash in on a known entity like Lethal Weapon. Oh, they don't have to try and explain what that is. People know what that is. Same with Taken and The Exorcist. I mean, frequency is an odd choice because most people aren't going to remember that movie to begin with. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, just, uh, yet for Hollywood is reluctant to come up with new ideas, but they come up with new ideas of coming up with old ideas, if you know what I mean. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, we can't think of anything original, but we found an original new way to rehash something old yeah that's true <laughs> and may and there is
0: certainly some comfort in having an old property so i understand that but it is weird how they just kind of all of a sudden all of these let's let's raid the vaults of hollywood and come out with a bunch of random maybe it's shows. maybe it's
1: because fargo worked well that get people watch that and it wins awards <laughs> i don't know
0: well yeah but but the fargo television show does it have anything to do with a film like these are the same stories
1: that's true like no, I, thought, I thought Fargo was... They, they, were, they told their own stories. It's all, it's all brand new characters. There's a very tangential connection to the movie. But the, the vibe of it... Like it's still a cop show. Okay. Or a... Well, not a cop show. A crime show.
0: Yeah. yeah. You're, yeah. you're right. Maybe it, it is. is. Maybe that's what it is. All right. Uh, we're going to just quickly talk about what's out of the movies this weekend up next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Doesn't it ever wake you up in the middle of the night? A feeling that someday i will come for you and your children. I feel a great swirl of pity for the poor soul that comes to my school looking for trouble. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are the Couch Potatoes, and just want to quickly talk about something odd, I think, that's happening at the movies this weekend. Uh, th- that is a clip from what film, Jeff
1: Braun? That's X-Men Apocalypse, the latest of the X-Men movies. And also out this
0: weekend is Alice Through the Looking Glass, which is the sequel to Tim Burton's uh, Alice in Wonderland from yeah. a couple of years back, a Disney movie. And I think what what is odd... Two big it, ones. Yeah, two big movies coming out the same weekend. It's They're clearly not necessarily the same direct audience i think you will get some you could get some spillover from either side i mean i for example i like the the fairy tale movies as well but i would go to the see the superhero movies first right but you got people who will go to their genre movies yeah. as it were yeah. so it is sort of interesting that they would release in the same weekend and here's also what's interesting but maybe not surprising sadly
1: both movies getting bad reviews yeah, the ones I've seen for the X-Men say it's it's not the worst, but it's by no means the best. It's sort of middle of the pack as far as the X-Men movies go. And they've sort of, they're for me, they've always been hit or miss over the years. This one's with the younger X-Men cast, and their track record is a little better than the older ones.
0: All right, that's all the time we have. I'm Brett, he's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. This is 680 CJOB.